Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Names had a lot of weight in the Old Testament. They were very, very important. And I believe today that they are still very, very important to God. Not the names that that we name each other so much, but what He gives us. If He gives us a name, the name that we carry at water baptism, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we take on His mantle, we take on His Spirit, and we become Him, we carry His name. That is awesome. That is important. It's this truth that draws us into a deeper relationship with God. Knowing His name and being called by His name has great significance. Knowing the Comforter by name, knowing the Holy Spirit by name rather than just the title brings a certain intimacy to the relationship that He is mine and I am His. one body, right? With several members. All right. Well, I'm going to ask everybody if you will stand me this morning. I'm just going to read an opening text right here. Just one verse from Revelations 2 and 17. 2 and 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And I just think that's so cool. Uh, I did a study on that, and it took me some, into some places that uh, was very interesting, and I wanted to share with you. I'm going to title this uh, Bible study today, if you will, slash preaching, whatever you want to call it, a new name. A new name. I made that graphic too. Amen. Pray for me, and you can be seated. Most of you don't know this, but I haven't gone by my birth name since I was about 11 years old. I uh, went through first grade, second grade, third grade, um, going by my middle name. And uh, there's something about names that make us uh, or break us when we're a child. Uh, you can remember some of you maybe growing up, maybe somebody in here is not going by their, their, their birth name or the name they were given when they were uh, by their by their parents when they were born. But I wanted to have something, some meaning, you know, in in my life, and and I wanted something that the kids, you know, wouldn't wouldn't make fun of. But unfortunately, I wasn't given that opportunity. The name that I inherited was a, a family name. It was my grandpa's middle name. It was my father's middle name. And uh, for some reason or another, my parents thought it'd be really cool to give it to me as my first name. Um, but. The kids uh, laughed me to scorn most of the time, and uh, they bullied me because of my name, and uh, so that was just the case that it was, and Douglas is actually my middle name. You know, I mean, it would be really, really cool to have had a name, a really cool name like Douglas is my first name. Maybe if my middle name was Alan or something, that'd be really, really cool, um, but, <laughs> but my name was Leslie Douglas Hogan, and I'm sharing that with you boldly today because we're a bunch of adults, right? We're not going to laugh me to scorn. Um, but when I'm a, I was a child, there was another girl with me in the first grade, second grade, and third grade of grade school, and her name was also Leslie. Now, it's one of those names that borders on feminine, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of men, especially famous men, whose name is Leslie. And it's, uh, it's one of those names that can just go both ways, especially in older, older times. But my troubles began in the third grade mostly when, when other children apparently had uh, learned um, good and evil somewhere between <laughs> second and third grade. 
Um, they just, kids become ruthless, you know? They say whatever they want to with their children, you know, and they just kind of say it, and uh, they don't really intend to, to hurt feelings. They're just, they're just saying what's on their heart, what's on their minds, you know? But, but um, all the kids started changing the pronunciation of my name to poke at me and bully me, and they were, it was ruthless, just, it was cruel. Uh, but uh, all the way through the third grade, this happened. Um, so that spring break, um, third and fourth grade was really, really tough for me. And uh, so I had it arranged after third grade that my mom would go in and talk to the school principal. She would talk to my teachers and arrange for them to start calling me by my middle name. Because I, it, I was tired of being called names. I was tired of being, getting picked on. And I just wanted to go by like my, my grandpa on my mom's side. His name was Doug. So I kind of carried his, uh, his first name as my middle name. So it was agreed upon. You know, they'd call me Doug. But uh, even, you know, when the teachers would call me Doug, I couldn't fool the kids. The kids, uh, they knew, and uh, they knew what my real name was, and for three years they were calling me Leslie, and I uh, had a hard time getting moving on beyond that. I was like, why can't I shake these people and make them understand I don't want to be called Leslie anymore, I want to be called, I want to be called Doug now. So about this time I started getting in trouble at school. Fourth grade was very, very difficult. I remember I got in a lot of fights, and uh, I, the teacher, some of the you know, people my age and maybe beyond remember getting paddled by the teachers in school. He would take me out into the hallway and I'd have to put my hands up on the wall like this and bend over so that I wouldn't get my knuckles crunched when he came down my backside. And he had this little, it was a ping pong paddle. Oh, it, was solid. it wasn't cheap stuff like they make today. It was solid oak stuff with the, the hard rubber. You remember what I'm talking about? You got some, didn't you? He got some. He was so small about broke his spine. But I was, I was very skinny too, so yes, it hurt, and I had no meat on my tail, so whenever I got that, it, uh, it hurt. It was ruthless. So all through grade school, this persisted until I reached middle school, which uh, middle school was consolidated, so I thought I finally caught a lucky break when some new kids were introduced into my life, kids that didn't know my name. It wasn't long before the kids that did know my name were telling the kids that didn't know my name what my name was. So I was like, ah... You know, back then we had mullets, so I wanted to pull my hair out. <laughs> we... So my mom, uh, just when things started to get real bad again, my mom remarried and moved us away from that area, and I went to a different school district. I moved uh, to a little town in Franklin County called Aiken, Illinois. Anybody know where Aiken is by chance? It's like a bleep on the radar. It's like there's nothing there. There used to be an old, old grade school in that little town, a brick building, and I lived there in an apartment. But I went to school in Thompsonville because it was consolidated. Aiken was so small, didn't have his own school. And I remember my mom, like, once again, she spoke to the, the school and asked them to call me Doug. So there I was, first day of school in a new environment. Nobody knew my name, and I mean nobody knew my name. So I was confident that no one would laugh at me. I could start all over. I could get a fresh start. Um, the teacher started going through her roll call. I remember it vividly. I don't remember exactly what grade I was. I, I want to say it was part of my first part of seventh grade. But uh, she's sitting there and she's going through. She's like, I'm going to call your name off. And if, uh, if you're here, I need you to raise your hand. So it was like, Linda, little girl, raise your hand. Uh, uh, Bobby, little boy, raise his hand. Joey, little guy, raise his hand. Susie, little girl, raise your hand. Leslie. Oh, my heart was pounding. 
There better be another Leslie in this classroom. But uh, I sat there, and she's like, Leslie? Who's got cricket sounds? They make a cricket sounds. Because that's what it was. Finally, she, she attached the last name to it. She's like, somebody's got to be here by that name. Leslie Hogan, she shouted out. I'm like, oh, Lord. Lord. And immediately I went, all the kids looked at me, and they just burst into laughter. I lost it. Something to me snapped. I stood up. I flipped my desk. I said, my name is Doug. I top of my lungs. Could hear a pin drop at that point. I'm like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Little do they know. I don't remember anybody laughing after that. As my cor- my, the course of my life would prove, I didn't stay at that school very long. Uh, this was the first time of my life that uh, I shared. I've shared this por- portion of my life with the church before. Um, there, I know there's some new people in here. I'm not going to go through all that. That's a whole different testimony altogether. But my mom married this guy, which is the reason why he moved out to Aiken. He was very, very abusive mentally, um, uh, verbally. Uh, it, was, it was physically. It was very, very bad. And uh, this is when I was going through that. And I was also going through this stuff at school. But, um, uh, you know, this was a bad part of my life. And after this, I started fighting. Anybody that said my name, Leslie, in school, from that point on, I was fighting because I was tired of it. Something snapped in me that day that I stood up, flipped the desk. From then on, anybody that said Leslie, I was fighting them. Even my best friend, I remember one time in PE class, we were running around shooting some hoops, you know, and, you know, we banter when you're playing basketball, right? It's friendly competition. We banter each other. Yeah, you can't make that shot. He's like, ha ha, Leslie. Pow. And I didn't stop with one punch either. I punched him several times in the face. And, but the damage was done. You know, in Bible times, I suspect that the kids had it much, much worse um, than even I did going through this situation with the whole, the whole name issue. But imagine with me, if you will, that your mother names you Pain. Your name is Pain. You walk your entire childhood, or live your entire childhood being called Pain. You mentioned uh, the prayer of Jabez last week, Brother Jones. You know, um, he, he talked about Jabez and the prayer of Jabez and how this isolated figure, we're talking about all the generations, and all of a sudden there's this isolated figure, and this prayer is shared with the reader. Jabez means pain. In Bible times, there was very little that mattered more than a person's name. It was believed that names carried with them blessings and curses. Your character, your personality, all this kind of stuff, it all hanged upon your name. And so what if your child and your child's name was pain? How many kids would play with you or with your kid? How many parents would let their kids associate with a child named pain? I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about back in Bible times. When everybody knew that a child's name, this is how it was back then. You might have had a name Red Ugly, Red Ugly Face or something like that. And everybody would look at you like, why did your mama name you Red Ugly Face? Oh, well, when I was born, I was... uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, I had this, uh, Jonas, I don't know, Jonas, change your face white. I don't know. And so you just kind of walk through life having to explain yourself. And it's kind of, it would be a kind of a miserable childhood. The writer of Proverbs 22 and 1 recorded, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. We want to have a good name. We want to carry a good name. 
We don't want to walk around life with a name like pain or a name like miserable or a name like go back into my womb because I don't want you in my front room anymore. We don't want those kind of names attached to us. We want good names attached to us. So I can't help but to empathize with Jabez's prayer to the Lord. When I study the words in that simple little prayer, knowing the weight that names carried in Bible times, I can almost feel his anguish. He was tired of it. And you can, you can sense it in his, in his prayer. He wanted something more. He knew that if he just got some alone time with God and petitioned the Lord, that, that God would remove the curse. So here's, here's what Jabez prayers. It, it wasn't lengthy. It wasn't full of, uh, of uh, any, any kind of vain words, repetitions. It was just a simple little prayer in 1 Chronicles 4 and 10. It says, and Jabez called on the Lord God of Israel. So I just... Imagine that you're getting picked on all the time. You grew up getting picked on all the time. You're even a man. Your name is Payne. You're like, so you're getting picked on all the time. And all, and he, all he says is, he called upon God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast or, or expand my horizons. Give me something more than what I have now. And that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil. Imagine the evil that followed him around just based on his name that thou wouldest keep me from evil and that it may not grieve me. Because imagine the grief that he lived. That it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. There's a lesson, you know, that I, you know, I would like to take from this prayer, and it's this. Where God is involved, yes. circumstances become circumstantial. Please remember this. Circumstances where God is involved become circumstantial. I was and still am somewhat uh, stigmatized, if you will, by my childhood, particularly the circumstances surrounding my name. Uh, but the name that my parents gave me carries no weight with God. Right. The past that is associated with my name has no weight with God. Listen to what I'm saying here. The sin that I took to the altar when I repented of it and gave it away and left it there that I brought to God has no weight over me. It has no hold over me. And it has no weight with God because he is able to forgive and to move on past beyond if we would just take it to him. So this world can call me whatever it wants, but the only thing that matters to me is what I am in God's eyes. The only thing that should matter to you is what you are in God's eyes. That should be the only concern in our life, that we live a satisfactory and satisfying life to God. Statistically speaking, I should probably be dead or in prison based on what the expert would say because of my lifestyle. Because a lot of times there's a, a, a repeating of a lifestyle. So I grow up a certain way. And, I, and, and kids tend to repeat that they fall into the cycle of that lifestyle because the way that they are brought up and it's all that they know. So the experts would say, well, he's kind of doomed to do the same thing. Be married several times. Be abusive to his children. Make fun of other people. Be kind of a, a bully. The bar graphs were against me. The pie charts were against me. Everything said that I couldn't be what I am today. That's what the experts would say. They would say, unless some kind of a miraculous thing happens to him in his life, he's going to be just another statistic. So throughout Bible history, God himself changed a few names. Their names meant something to the people that named them. 
But God had something else in plan in store for them. Consider Abram. Abram meant high father. The Lord said, that's cool, but I'm going to name you Abraham. Father of a multitude. Sarai meant my princess. The Lord says, that's cool, but I'm going to name you Sarah, mother of nations. Jacob, what that meant supplanter, because if you remember in the Bible, he reached, actually reached out when his twin brother was born first and tried to grab his ankle almost to say, yeah, me first. His name was supplanter, but God changed his name from supplanter to Israel, which means power with God. Yes. Names had a lot of weight in the Old Testament. They were very, very important, and I believe today that they are still very, very important to God. Not the names that, that we name each other so much, but what He gives us. If He gives us a name, the name that we carry at water baptism, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we take on His mantle, we take on His Spirit, and we become Him, we carry His name. That is awesome. Yes. That is important. It's really, really interesting to me, and uh, this little thing here that I found, this little nugget, if you will, of truth, uh, it's going to take us into the next, the, like the, the end of uh, the, my, my little study here. But God's name, which is really, really cool. I mean, we all know, if you've studied the Bible at all, for any length of time, you know that God's name was secret in the Old Testament. Yes. He was known by many things. Jehovah just meant the Lord. That wasn't his name. That was a title, like what they called him. Jehovah Nisi, that meant, that meant the Lord my banner. Yes. All right, Jehovah Jireh, that meant the Lord my provider. Yes. All right, all these things in the Bible meant something, but they were really, really titles. But there was times in the Old Testament when we find out Manoah, who was Samson's uh, father, whenever the Lord visited them uh, uh, through an angel and said, you're going to have a son and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be uh, holy unto me. I'm going to bless you. And all this was going on. And Manoah said, let me tell me, will you please tell me your name? Why is it you ask after my name? The Lord said, seeing it's secret. Yes. And they never knew his name. Even the name they supposed to be his, YHWH, they had no vowels in it whatsoever. They said it couldn't even be pronounced without vowels. It similarly sounded, if you was to try to pronounce it, like the whisper of wind. And then there was Jacob, if you remember the time when he was wrestling with the angel of the Lord. All night long, the Bible says he wrestled with him. And then the angel blessed him. And before he left, and they changed his name to, to Israel, and before he left, Jacob's like, wait, Israel's like, wait a second, you gotta tell me what your name is. And he says, Why is it you're seeking after my name? And he left. Not revealing even to Jacob what his name was. Not revealing even to Israel himself, the one who had power with God, what his name was. Then there was Simon. The Lord changed his name to Peter. And I can't believe I left this portion out of... But can you pull up slide number one, please? I have some slides here I'd like to show you. I was going to read you the portion of Scripture. But we can see it up here. And what I've done here is I've included... This is the Greek um, strong concordance. All right, I have a program of this on my, on my laptop. So I can actually look at words and names in the Bible and see their exact meaning. If you look at Peter here, Jesus said, and I say that thou art Petros. 
So he changed his name from Simon to Petros, which means a piece of a rock. Show slide number two. And then he goes on to say this, but upon this rock, I will build my church. Did he say Petros there? Did he say Petra? What he's doing is saying that there's a bigger picture here yes. than your name. Yes. Yes. Names are super important, but upon this truth, upon this, what you've just said, that I am the Christ, upon this rock, I will build my church. Put them both up there. Here are they in comparison. Peter's not a rock upon which the church was built. I want to dispel that right now because there is a huge belief out there that Peter is the church, was the, is the person who the church was built upon. But we have two different words here. We have Petros and Petra showing exactly that what Jesus was saying at the time. And he is not the rock upon which the church was built. If we built the, but it was being built upon the truth that Jesus was the Son of God or God manifested in the flesh. It's this truth that draws us into a deeper relationship with God. Knowing his name and being called by his name has great significance. Yes, yes, yes. Knowing the comforter by name, knowing the Holy Spirit by name rather than just a title brings a certain yes. intimacy to the relationship that he is mine and I am his. Yes. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. I know that this wasn't a long message, but I feel that I've ministered what, I was, what was given to minister. So we don't push beyond the barrier that the Lord has given us. Our names may not hold significance like they did in Bible times. But there's coming a day when Jesus will give us a name that will forever disassociate with us or to us from the name that we had when we were down here messing up this life on earth. Now, I don't know the reason why our name that he gives us in the stone will be secret. I don't. I have this, I have this theory, and I think it's awesome. I think it's because we're his kids. Like, we, are the, we are the children of God. Yes. Think about this for a second, Brother Bishop. The Lord kept his name secret. Ain't that deep? And he's going to give us a stone with our name in it that nobody knows but him and us. Yeah. And he and we can reveal it to whoever we want to. That's awesome. Yeah. So we can be as he is. God, we are his children. We are his inheritance. And with this name, then we will have our purpose. Then we will have the life that we struggle for here. Maybe we'll be able to share it. I don't know, but that's my theory behind it. But I know that that name will be unique. I know it won't be offensive or painful, but there will be power in it. Yes. And I know it will be written on a little stone. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Simon's name was changed to Little Stone. Our recognition and acceptance of the truth that Jesus is Lord of all is tied directly to his cleansing blood and our salvation. Yes. The little stone has our name on it. The little stone is white. Why white? I don't know exactly why, but I do know what white means in the Bible. Does anybody know what white means in the Bible, what it signifies? Purity. Yes. 
It signifies purity. Our name in a little white stone, a secret name on a little stone that signifies purity. That to me is deep. That to me is rich. From a God who is pure, from a God who is holy, from a God who had his name in secret and revealed it only at the due time. Unlike the angels, we won't be vulnerable to revolt. Here's the awesome part. We have the angels in heaven. A third of them decided they wanted to revolt against the Lord. The Bible says Satan took them with him. When Satan revolted, a third of the angels revolted with him. Here's where we're at now in our life, saints. Here's where we're at now. We get this opportunity here now. We can decide if we're going to revolt against God or carry with us his mantle, his name, and take it with us to see his face. And once we're there, we're going to have something that the, that the angels cannot have. Redemption. They cannot sing the song of the redeemed like we sing. We go through this now. And we're going to weed out all the people that don't want to follow the Lord very early on. So that when we get there, we know we're standing to the left and to the right of people who have been faithful to God and are there for the long run, for all eternity. But we have to get there first. And we have to get there without going, we can't get there without going through this right here, while we're going through right now. I can't help but to think about caterpillars and their life cycle. They kind of go about life destroying things, making a mess. You can see the havoc that they, they, they wreak in the, in, the, in the trees and you can see that they've, they've eaten away the crops and we curse caterpillars. We don't like them, but they have their purpose. But it's only when at the right time that they find themselves a little branch, they kind of go through their metamorphosis. They cocoon themselves. They shield themselves roundabout away from everything else in the world. And they make their change. That to me is a powerful analogy. Because if I think about us and where we are right now, we should be shielding us, ourselves, cocooning ourselves in the mercies and the graces of the Lord, in his arms, growing, changing, not to be what we were, to emerge as the same thing as what we were, but to emerge as something different, a new creature. They reach a time in their development when the cocoon breaks open and they come out different. And that's what I want for us. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.